you know, LinkedIn with 740 million members globally uh, is, is kind of a, a sensible way to, to reach out and build networks um, and of like-minded people. And what I've always find, found really interesting is that it shouldn't, it shouldn't, first of all, be a Facebook and it shouldn't either be a sales tool, right? But it's a way that you could nurture connections, contacts, and spark interesting conversations that can help sort of progress the conversation around your subject matter. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. And I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, who's joining us today? An old friend and uh, someone that I trained, I think probably going on 10 years ago, at Aramark. Uh, Aramark was a new client of mine. I believe we were in Chicago, I think, in training. And uh, I was getting ready and, and Simon came up and introduced himself and told me he was awesome at LinkedIn. Uh, and I said to him, great, share with me. If you remember this, share with me at the end, anything I missed, and then write down anything you, you might have learned new. And at the end, you had a great list for me. Do you remember that, Simon? You've got a much better memory than I do, Bruce. But well, well done, 10 out of 10 for uh, memorizing the points. Yeah, oh my gosh, I loved it. And I got some tips from you and hopefully you got some tips from me. So we're very excited. Simon uh, has his own company now uh, called 4XI Global Consulting. And Simon, welcome. Tell everyone a little bit about you and uh, your consulting group. Well, thank you very much, Bill and Bryn, for inviting me along today to uh, Social Sales Week. Um, so Forexi Global Consulting is a, a boutique uh, firm focusing on the world of work and the constituents within the world of work. Corporations who want to uh, make a better employee experience, service providers who want to deliver a, a better, deeper, uh, more strategic partnership range of services. And the third uh, element is innovators. So uh, those organizations who have a product, a service, a technology or a thing that they want to uh, expand into the world of work. That's great. That's fantastic. So, Bill, I'm really excited to hear the first question. So, Simon, we ask every guest the same question to start out. What does making sales social mean to you? Well, I think it's a, a very interesting subject and one that I've been a great advocate over uh, many years for since the creation of primarily LinkedIn. You know, LinkedIn with 740 million members globally uh, is, is kind of a, a sensible way to, to reach out and build networks um, and of like-minded people. And what I've always find, found really interesting is that it shouldn't, it shouldn't, first of all, be a Facebook, and it shouldn't either be a sales tool, right? But it's a way that you could nurture connections, contacts, and spark interesting conversations that can help sort of progress the conversation around your subject matter. Great answer. That that that's fantastic. So tell us when when you're consulting with with your clients, what is it that you teach them in in the in the physical, the traditional sales world that they can do that applies 
that will help them right at the top of their sales funnel, right at the top of their pipeline? So we developed a, a proprietary methodology called True North. Over many years in professional large sales organizations, I, I'd been exposed to several different sales methodologies. And over the years, I got frustrated that they were more about driving administrative process than actually driving behaviors and actions. And we created True North as a methodology to really a, a tackle that and to start, start thinking about how you can change the culture and mind shift of an organization and um, to start uh, demonstrating behaviors that actually make, can make a difference. So um, the very start of True North, it talks about um, the basis of, uh, and foundations of partnerships, of trust and integrity and credibility. But then it quickly goes into, okay, a really important part of, of deep self-reflection. Whether that's an individual or an organization, what are you good at? What are you not so good at? Where are your strengths in terms of geographies, in terms of services? Where are the examples of your best client relationships? And, and, and how can you, how can you um, replicate them, right? So, so out of that really deep self-reflection comes um, a client characterization uh, exercise. So how big is your ideal client? Where is your ideal client? What's the culture of those ideal clients? What's the philosophy? Even their terms of business and how they do business, right? Uh, and then from the characterization and then to, to step into client profiles. So what are the groupings of clients that you are really interested in where you can more likely succeed in? And then once you've done those two lenses, then to create an ideal client target list and putting actual names in boxes of actual organizations that you, where you're more likely to um, not only survive, but to thrive with as true partnerships in the future. So, so I, I love that. And, and you're right. Like when I, as soon as you said that, and I look at all of the sales training I've ever been through or all of the sales training I've ever taught, it really is process driven. It is, you say this, then you say this, you do this, you look up this, you fill out, you know, the golden green and blue sheets, you do right. All those process driven things. How difficult is it um, when you go into a company that has no, no really defined philosophy or culture to change those behaviors? Well, I think that maybe we've been fortunate so far that the organization and dealing with uh, they think it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, for the larger organizations who have established these long-term relationships and other methodologies, that frankly become they they, be, they they are administrative process driven, and you know people will say, "Hey, friend, have you completed that sheet on that client?" Mm -hmm. Oh, crikey, I've not looked at it for a year. Let's revisit it and put it back in the drawer, gathering dust where it's been for last year. What is the point of that, right? So the, the clients that we're working with see it as a real breath of fresh air of taking a very different look and a more practical look and getting to action quickly. Because, you know, we can talk about methodology and theory all day long, but when it comes to growth, right, we want to, we want to get through the methodology quickly to get to action to get to the growth itself. So what I love about this is, is it's a theme that I've been seeing lately within, within the sales training world, and I'm so pleased to see it coming about. 
So we have the this analytical side, this practical side, this administrative side of you need to do A, B, C, and D. And that's what most sales training people that a company will bring in will teach because that's geared towards if you do these actions, you'll get these results. But you're talking about these softer skills, what, what I would describe these softer skills of inner reflection of, of, of the person. So tell me and tell all of our listeners who are salespeople themselves, what are a couple of key inner softer skills, inner skills that they can be working on now that's going to help them to secure more deals, to have more prospects, to run a better business meeting or sales meeting? So I've always been a great fan of Apple. And Apple, uh, in, a, in a product sense, have actually uh, changed the experience of owning a device. As those old, of a, old enough to remember, having a mobile phone 20 years ago, you needed a, a degree in computer science to be able to open the box, plug it in, program it, and get it working. With Apple, you get a beautiful box, and you open the box, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. You get the device, you plug it in, you have five or six keystrokes, and your phone's working. So the, the theme is about simplicity. We recently wrote a paper uh, around sustainability simplified, a massively complex subject. But the, 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 the root of it is actually kind of simple, right? We need to take a look after our planet for our immediate futures, but generations to come as well. And putting a piece of trash in the bin isn't rocket science. It's like a, a, an old CEO of mine once said we were talking about a particularly uh, challenging and complex problem. And he said, hey, you know, if we want to solve world hunger, we probably can't do it in a day, but if each of us give a sandwich to our next door neighbors, and we each of us do that every day, we're going a long way to, to making an impact. And it's those themes of simplicity that really, when I think about the sales process, is so, so important. And we can often overcomplicate it when it's actually not rocket science. So uh, around uh, really listening, learning, and understanding the client, Without those three things, you have no foundation to be able to solve anything. Mm. And then to create a, 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 a solution and articulate those solutions in a simple uh, manner that's also embracing the vernacular and the culture and the philosophy of the organization or the person that, you, you're, that you're speaking to. And really get that alignment, right? And, and again, going back to True North and the simplicity element of it, this is about driving behaviors that turns a cultural shift from, um, you know, I'm going to sell you what I have to sell versus um, solving client solutions that, that, that create impact, that, that create long-term partnership and value. And it, everybody wins in that scenario. So I love that. One of the things that we often say is detach from what the client is worth to you and attach to what you are worth to your client. And so I hear that in you. You know, uh, I have kind of a, a deeper, it's really a deeper, but a social selling question to go along with that research, that um, pre-discovery that you were talking about. What would you say to some of your clients? What would you tell them to do with LinkedIn or social selling for that pre-work, for that starting to understand your client even before you have that first call? Uh, I'm not sure it's quite answering that question, but I, I guess it's, it's, 
is one thing that I would advise is don't sell. I think there's something kind of interesting about the anti-sale. Whether you're on LinkedIn or wherever you are, it's not about what I have that I want to sell to you because that relationship becomes very adversarial, mm-hmm. right? When, when, whether you're talking about sustainability simplified on the planet or in the sales context, it's actually doing the right thing. Because if you're doing the right thing in any scenario, including in um, a business development and growth, you're more likely to succeed. And here's the most important part. You're more likely to succeed for the long term with sustainable partnerships. And, and if you get to that point, you're probably going to be um, creating more revenue and you're probably going to be more valued. So you're probably going to make more profit as, as a result. And you're both going to benefit from the arrangement, right? So I love that. The the learn about them, right? So obviously there's discovery, there's learning about where their gaps are and where their challenges are. But do you have any advice before the first call, Googling their company page, looking at press releases, anything that you look for on LinkedIn to give you sort of these little trigger moments in understanding who they are and what matters to them first? I think you're trying to say, Bryn, I didn't answer the question the first time. No, your answer was fabulous. So, so, so there's the, uh, um, there's the, there's the, uh, the, the, the brightest kid in this classroom who does so much homework. They know so much about you that it can become a feel a little bit inclusive, right? Okay. At the, at the other end of the scale, there's the person who doesn't do any research whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So I think the middle ground is really trying to. Uh, not, 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 not to say, hey, Bryn, I knew that you went to this school in 19, 1982 and you went here and this, and you worked here. And, 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 and rather than sort of spilling all that out and just, hey, I've done my research. How good am I? Oh. It's more understanding about cultural alignment because the, the more culturally aligned you are to an individual or to an organization, then, um, you, you've got more chance that you actually like each other and you can progress into, something more meaningful than just a conversation. So um, if you're talking to and researching a company, it's understand what the philosophy of the company is, right? Not only the details of how big they are, where they are, what they do, clearly that's really real-based stuff, but what's their, what's their philosophy and what's their culture? And not just about the things or the products or the, or the services they provide, but what do they stand for as an organization? What's important to them, right? Things like, uh, philanthropy and and, mm. and sustainability and and you know how they support the local community really important thing because it's not just about the minds it's about the hearts as well and creating those you can only create those cultural uh, 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 connections if you really understand them I love that and that's easy to do it's easy to find out what charities they're supporting and what they're sponsoring I think that's fabulous. Yeah, and and I think we go back to to what Simon started out by saying. He was talking about the you know that that ideal client profile. We talk about that a lot, and I always say you need to have one because if you you know not everyone is your client, but never thought, never considered adding in that aspect of it that I want my ideal clients, I want the the companies that I work for to also be good, made up of good human beings, and as a corporate entity for them to be a good corporate citizen in the in, in the world. And, and, but if they are, then it just makes it so much easier to connect 
on something that's past a business a business um, um, relationship, but connect as humans. You know, you know now because we're not meeting face to face yet. Um, it looks like maybe that might start happening soon. But what is soon? But right now we're 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 connecting through a screen, but we can still connect. And if we can connect at a deep at a deeper level, just in a human space, I think it it gives us more a more comfortable way in order to kick the can down the road, so to speak, in in establishing a business relationship. So that was such a great point. Absolutely, I come back to the point about listening, understanding. That's not just about. Uh, solution creation. It's mm -hmm. about understanding the people that you're dealing with as well, right? Because again, if you're entering into long-term partnerships and relationships, you need to be on the same page, right? Mm -hmm. And it really helps if you're dealing with like-minded people and good human beings. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard Scott Schilling say recently, he talked about that that every, every conversation we go into um, it, it should be, we should come in with high intention, but low attachment, high intention to do whatever we can to help the person that we're, we're, we're talking with, but a low attachment to the outcome to not worry about, well, is this going to end up being a deal or is this going to end up being no low attachment? I'm just here to serve you and help you. And I think as sales professionals, the more that we do that, the more our clients will see us as, as someone who can be trusted. And when they trust us, then we know we build credibility and that can only, only better, better edit everyone. And being brave enough to walk away where there isn't a good match and fit. And that's equally as important as well. Um, because, yes. you know, creating that, that cultural attachment um, and alignment is, is so significantly important uh, in terms of, of, going, of going to business. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we all, all of us that are in sales, can tell a story of of doing business with someone, and you just know that it's just not the good fit. But maybe you're doing it because it's quota, or maybe you're doing it because you need that check or whatever. And you get into it, and you're like, "What did? It, why did I do this?" <laughs> you yeah. know. And you end up having to fire the client, and and so that that happens. Well, one last question. And uh, this has to do with, with consistency. It's one thing we always like to ask. So what's one thing that, that you tell your, your clients to do, you teach your clients to do, that when they do it consistently will create opportunities for them? Uh, I come back to the point, uh, listening to really understand what's the foundation of, of, really, uh, of building relationships and building uh, partnerships that you belong to. Uh, and the cultural alignment, of course, is really important. Um, and the profiling to make sure that you're you're curating a a, a, a an audience that is a really good fit for you. And I, and again, forgive me, I'm not answering the question directly, but I, I want to raise the point about shiny bright objects. How many times have we come across shiny bright objects that we come to a client that doesn't fit into our client portfolio at all, but it's really big and it's really exciting. And maybe we can't even actually satisfy the terms of that client, but we're going to chase it anyway. Because of all of this, it all sounds all nice, the philosophy, the methodology. But the reality is, as we talk to our clients, is that if you profile better, you're going to build a better quality pipeline. Mm -hmm. If you change your behaviors in such a way that you're listening, learning, and understanding, and you're articulating whatever your thing is, back to the client, 
in a trusted advisor way, you're going to increase your conversion ratio. So it's not just flushy, fluffy. You're going to be doing um, less volume of effort, more high quality of effort, and you're going to convert um, more, more business that's profitable and sustainable. Yeah. You're going to slow down your outreach to increase your outcome, which uh, is something that Brent and I have been saying for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. So you just articulated it um, in just a different way. And that that was perfect. That was great. Well, listen, Simon, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for, for being on the show. One last thing, how can people um, get in touch with you, find out more about True North? That sounds like a, an incredible product. You can visit our website at forexiconsulting.com. Uh, there is a section around True North, but equally uh, feel free to email me at simonelliot.4xiconsulting.com. Fantastic. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes. Everyone, thanks so much for watching this episode of Making Sales Social. So bye, everyone. Thanks again, Simon. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.